Hi, I'm Shel Turingen, born and raised in Scarborough, Ontario, a video journalist and filmmaker hustling in Toronto, Ontario. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Holo Holo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. We are both podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently the Mississaugas of the Credit River. Chell! Hi, Kuya. You're in studio today. Isn't face that to amazing? Face. I know, totally face to face, right? <laughs> and so Siggy is on assignment. So thank you very much for filling in for Sigs. As always, we start with a warm up. And so are you ready for this warm up? I'm ready. Okay, this is a travel warm up on the fly. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so I'd like to know what is the most favorite place you've ever traveled to? Oh, gosh. That's such a good question, Kuya, because I, lo- I love, <laughs> to- love I'm, everywhere. I'm a Sagittarius. Of I course. love to travel. Of course, of course. I recently was just in London, UK yes. for a work assignment. Uh-huh. It's always, and that's probably the farthest I've had the chance to travel so far. Right. But I have to say, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about it, my favorite place has been California, like Los Angeles, Ooh, Palm Springs. Why? Tell me more. We went on a trip for a week to LA and Palm Springs in February Ooh. 2020. Oh, just before the pandemic. Just before the pandemic. Oh my goodness. And it was such a fantastic trip. We were planning to go to Palm Springs for Modernism Week. Yes. We had been planning it for the better part of the previous year. Yeah. I'd never been out West. There was so much hype around this trip. Right. And then when we went, I just had such a great time. We were only in LA for two days and managed to squeeze so much into that yes. and then Palm Springs is just like there's nothing it's dreamy, like dreamy yeah isn't there's it? nothing like it in the world really and it's cool and it's all got that mid-century deco yep. and some art deco at times yes and a huge queer community too yes 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 I felt very safe in Palm Springs oh my god if Palm Springs was a, a retirement option for me I could totally see myself living there too Same did queer. you go up the mountain as well we had planned to, you could take like... I can't even tell you. It's like one of these mountain gondolas, gondolas yes. or something and like that. I think it was our last day in Palm Springs and we tried to do it. And of yeah. course, we got there too late or the line right. was too long. And so we didn't end up doing it. But that is an option. It is actually cold when you get up to the top mm-hmm. of the mountain. Yeah. Very much surprised me. It was like 30 degrees Celsius, obviously, at level. And then you get to the top of the mountain and it's like one degree. And it's like... I need my sweater. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Where's my sweater? I'm really cold. Okay, let's get back down right now. Oh, I hope you get to go up that mountain and stuff like that. In LA, like it's a very flat, flat city. Yes. Right? Yeah. Is there a particular part of LA that you love to be in or? I don't think that we were there long enough for me to like point out a neighborhood. Yes. And we did try to like, you know, we went to Santa Monica Boulevard. Of course. And, yes, you know, yes, we, yeah. we went to, um, oh gosh, Venice Beach. Oh yes. Got to see the skaters in nice. the bowl. That was really cool. Yeah. I just, I don't think I was in LA long enough to pick. And so like, I really need to go back. Oh, I can't wait for you to go back. And, and you're going to put it on your feed. This is the best part, <laughs> right? My favorite place that I've ever visited yes, Kuya. is El Nido. Where's uh, that? In the Philippines, in Palawan. Untouched, ecotourism at its best. Yep. But the best experience, and it sums up exactly why I felt so enchanted by El Nido, mm-hmm. was I was in this boutique shop and it had some of the most expensive 
t-shirt souvenirs that you could buy. Like most of them you could buy for like 20 pesos, 30 pesos, which mm-hmm. is like literally $2 Canadian, right. you know, $1.50 American if you're an American listener. Yes, yes, there. yes. But for her boutique, she was selling things at like 200, 300, 400 pesos. But it was really unique designs that I've never seen before, right? right. Like it wasn't kind of like the standard silk screening print shops and stuff like that. But what was fascinating was it was this white French woman that was selling all of this stuff. Okay. And so I said, bonjour, bonjour. Oh, you know, you know, do you speak French, right? And I'm like, no, that's the most French you'll ever get. <laughs> and that is a product of grade 10 French of the Canadian system. Right. But it was interesting because I did ask her, I said, why are you here? Like, yeah. you must have an interesting story. And she said to me that she had lived, obviously, in France, which is where she was originally from, and said to me that El Nido looks very much like the French Riviera before it became the French Riviera. Oh. And then she pointed out to me the things that I needed to appreciate about El Nido. Mm-hmm. And then that opened that experience up to something that I'd never thought about. And so she was just like looking at the architecture, looking at the fact that there's hardly any traffic in this small town center at at the north part of the Palawan Island in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And then just how quaint and friendly everybody was. Like, I mean, typically you go to the Philippines, everyone is pretty hospitable and friendly to to tourists and even Balakbayans and stuff like that. But she was just saying that there is a certain atmosphere and sea salt atmosphere that very much reminded her of the French Riviera before it became the French Riviera and hosts things like Cannes and all those fancy things. And I thought, oh, wow. So anyways, really romantic, really pristine and still rustic. And I think that that's what I've walked away from that experience. And so it's just like, oh, the next time we get to go to the Philippines, I hope I get to go to El Nido again. Nice. Yeah. My next warm-up question for you is, what's the best or most funnest small town you've ever visited? Oh, gosh, Korea, you're really putting me on the spot yes, here. Yes, yes, Well, as you know, yes. but your audience may not, I co-directed and produced and mm-hmm. edited a film called Small Town mm-hmm. Pride. Congrats, congrats. Thank you very much. You can watch it on CBC Gem for yes. free. Mm-hmm. And we visited three small towns across Canada for that film. Right. There was Norman Wells, in the Northwest Territories, Mm -hmm. Tabor in Alberta, Mm -hmm. and Annapolis Royal in Nova Nova Scotia. Scotia. Those three towns will always have a special place in my Mm. heart, obviously, because of the film. I think I'm biased. I'm going to go ahead and say Smith's Falls, which is my partner's (laughs) hometown. Yes, yes. I spend a lot of time there. Yeah. I just, I love small towns, Kuya. Yeah. There's a great charm about them. Mm -hmm. What pulls you in, in terms of small towns? I think it's, interesting as a child of immigrants, as a person of the Filipino diaspora, to experience Canadian small towns as a first-generation born Canadian is a really interesting experience for me. It's like the first time a friend of yours like invites you to the cottage. You're like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. What is this? And you realize that the cottage is based on generational wealth. Yes. But being in a small town... You know, it is a different way of living than what most Filipinos in the diaspora experience, which is very much an urban type of life Yes, in some ways, generally speaking. Generally speaking, yes. Yeah. I mean, 
oddly enough, there are some Filipinos in small towns. There are. And we'll talk about that later. (laughs) In our main episode. So I can't wait to get to that in a second. I think for me, my favorite small town is actually just north of Peterborough called Lakefield. And I will forever remember this one bar in the middle of Lakefield. It's called Lakefield Commercial. Okay. But it was just quaint, just quaint charming. It really took my heart. The Tonabee River is nearby and just really colorful people around Mm -hmm. and just really willing to just kind of tell you anything that you need to know. And so there's something just really flavorful about that. I find small time folk can sometimes be the salt of the earth, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's just like charming and lots of character. And, you know, I can't get enough of it. I love small town communities, Kuya, because everybody knows everyone. They do, right? And even if you don't, on the odd chance that you don't know somebody, you're still extremely friendly to them. That's right. Like you've known them your whole life. That's right. And when you live in Toronto where there's millions of people, like when you're walking down the streets and and nobody's paying attention to you, it is quite refreshing to go to a town where strangers look you in the eye and say hello. Hello, Hello. yes. Now, I have to ask you this. Now, maybe you get this in Smith Falls because you're partner has probably and their family has lived in Smith Falls for decades if not close to 100 years for, right? for, well not 100 years but they've her family is from okay, there yes and family. knows people in the community yeah there. and so something that I'm constantly talking to small town folk about is how long does it take to break in so I think if we come as tourists to small towns people are very welcoming but if you move to a small town right sometimes it's like One of my friends had called it a hope floats moment with like Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick Jr. Where when you get invited to your first town party, that that's when you know you're in and stuff like that. And they were saying that sometimes it takes decades to actually kind of break in. To get that invitation? Yeah. Have you ever heard what I'm talking about? Like looking for a hope floats moment if you were to move to a small town? It's funny that you mentioned that. I'm thinking about it, Kuya. When we spoke to Norman Jim Mm -hmm. and Don and Judy who were some queer elders out in Annapolis Royal. Right. They were telling a kind of off camera when we were just chatting about like all the parties that they would have. Right. And so like when new queers would, would come, come into town, yeah. they would invite them to the party. And then right. that was their community, right? Like yeah. there's no bar in town to go to. Right, right, right. So it's like, come to our house party. Yes. You'll meet all the queers there. That's right. That's right. And so I can, they didn't explicitly say once you got the invite, you were in, but that's, it kind of sounds like that. I want you to go ask them next time. Like how long <laughs> does it take before you issue an invitation? Is it immediate or does it like, you kind of have to watch and wait and see and like, oh, those are the new gays that just moved in down the street. From, right, right, right. You know, from the yellow factory or whatever (laughs) the case may be. Anyways, just something that I've been kind of like hypothesizing in the back of my mind. I can believe it. That like once you get that invite that you're like, you have your hope floats music. Uh, Yeah, your your hope floats moment and stuff like that. And you have arrived in some ways. Well, I can't wait to have my own hope floats moment when I retire to the country. And so that's our warm up. I hope you're warmed up. I'm nice and toasty, Kuya. Perfect, (laughs) perfect. Okay, so Chell, take us out. So you can reach us at hollowhollowpopculture at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us through our socials at hollowhollowpop on Instagram. And you can listen to our podcast anywhere podcasts are heard. Fantastic. And our musical theme is by Chell Turingen. And we get editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. Bye.